Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You have your 1A and your 1B running back. Every team that has successful running backs outside of the Tennessee Titans, they've got two guys. There's two guys in the mix. You can point to Cleveland. There's two guys. That's Dude, how, in Cleveland's case, that's they, a they, were, of a pair. they were two guys in Dallas. It just so happened that Ezekiel Elliott got a little ankle. It's not it's it, Chris McCaffrey's the only guy in Carolina. When Carolina was rolling, it was Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. Mm. Everybody has two guys. When you have one back, don't you they can't carry the load. The one back guys are the ones getting paid. No, yes, but you still have a even though you're going to pay the 1A guy more than you would pay the 1B guy, you still have to have a 1B guy to be successful. So, so if that's the case, the 1A ain't going to get paid No, like you got to pay anymore. the 1A guy because the 1A guy is your bell cow. He's the one that's really, he's the one that's the really bell getting cow, it done. But look. Got to pay him, Max, let, no matter what let, you say. Let's, let's take a vote on it. Was Todd Gurley's contract a mistake in retrospect? Not to me, no. They went to the Super Bowl. They accomplished their goal. Yeah, but they he did that before He they was an offensive MVP. He was all that. Uh, mistake. Gurley's because yeah. he didn't have to pay him. You could have still gone to the Super Bowl with him. Yeah. yeah. You know what's the interesting part of this conversation? If you're Dallas, what do you do with Tony Pollard? Like, I don't think you can let him leave. Like, he is mm-hmm. a dynamic playmaker. And with Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper, like, yeah. I would do everything I can to keep him. Like, those are the harder deals to do because I think Tony Pollard's going to be like, well, wait a second. I don't want to sit behind Zeke. And I think. But that's true. He doesn't want to sit behind Zeke. But you know, Mike, having done deals and put rosters together. There's only so much money I could give the 1B. Yep. Because I'm tied up in the 1A. Right. And, and what I would tell 1B in Tony Pollard is you could hit 100% of this contract and be here for the next five years and share the load. Like you're talking about D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart. There's a lot of those. And I would do what I could to keep. But I think Pollard's really intriguing because to me, he's really a merge for Dallas. And if you look at what happened with the Rams when they signed uh, Todd Gurley to that big deal. He, he, they didn't have to sign him in the sense that unless he held out, which is possible, maybe he could have, there were more years left. So they signed him up early. But, and they did get to a Super Bowl. But the fact is, his health was compromised in the second half of that season. Maybe that's why they didn't win the Super and Bowl. And you can't. And you, you gotta, and you got to also remember, Max, and, and Mike could talk up on this as well. When you're faced with three or four guys that are up for contracts, you now have to, in your mind, who is the most important? Do I franchise him? I only got one tag, so if I franchise tag Mike, Jay might walk. So if I pay Jay and then I pay him, but I tag you, that may work for me. So they were facing all of those different scenarios with players coming up. What do they do with Marcus Peters? Do they move him or do they pay him again? They just got to leave. Oh, Aaron Donald's deal is coming up. I wouldn't have, used that. I wouldn't have used that bullet on Gurley. I hate to you say it. You can't do that, though, Max. I, look, look I, this it occurs to me. That if you have a really good offensive line, Key, I could get a good enough back. He's going to look great but behind a not, good offensive but line. But he's not. He, you, you are just using Todd Gurley as just somebody. Todd Gurley at the time was the best back. In was football. the most yeah. special back in football. Yeah, I agree. You can't say, "Well, I get anybody to do." No, that. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, they paid him the money early, right? And they did get to a Super Bowl, and he was great. Except that by the time the Super Bowl ra- rolled around, injuries well, had already met. He happened. wasn't great anymore. And but by I the way, they lost the I Super Bowl. I can't roll them dice like that. I'm glad you're not my general manager, because then you would have me looking like a fool as an owner. Because I got the best player at that position in the league, briefly, who needs to get his money. 
we have a Super Bowl team, and I'm getting ready to pull the Jerry Jones and Emmitt Smith in the first two weeks of the season yeah. and not pay a guy. And they've earned the money. That's my point about an exception in the CBA, guys. Like, they earn the money, but you're foolish to pay them. Yeah, and, and you know, let's face it. The, the other way to do it is to say, like, I'm not paying Zeke Elliott. Let him play out the deal. But when you feel like you, you, you have to pay him because if you don't and he's not there. Absolutely. And you're, you feel like your window is right now to win. That's where. Is the though, Giants window right now to win? No, but I don't see like how you get better when Saquon Barkley walks out. I the agree door. with you on that. You, it's about I mean, buying the reason. Saquon, I apologize for all this. I hope you get your money. Saquon, I hope you get your money. I apologize for this, but rationally, a good team doesn't pay the running back. Bill Belichick doesn't pay his running backs. No, no, no. I know that, but what I'm saying is like, but Bill said, Belichick is never going to have a 15 yard, 1500 yard running back. But he's always going to be competitive for because a Super Bowl. So what does that tell you? But that's his style. Everybody's style is not like that. Speaking of style. The Rams aren't like that. A lot of pressure on the Rams right now because what they've done. They've gone out and they've paid a handsome ransom for a quarterback that look, uh, you know, like, uh, they've got a receiver in OBJ that they're trying to figure out. They paid Von Miller and now USC just landed Lincoln Riley. So imagine the pressure that the Rams are feeling in LA right now. Pittsburgh didn't pay Le'Veon Bell. And by the way, Bell really didn't have it after that. Like, it was the right move. I hate to say it. I, well, you get off he's the not running backs. Up. He's not letting up. Jesus he tried Christ, to transition man. to the Rams. He just, he How does Lincoln Riley going to USC change the pressure and expectations now he's for the Rams? He's been doing this business too long not to get it. Move on. I, I, well, I find the running back situation interesting. Apparently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So that was the question, and Key had already uh, <laughs> transitioned. <laughs> Um, so how does Lincoln Riley going to SC change the pressure for the Rams? Mike? Oh, me? Me? Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I was referred to you. Yeah, I would say that I don't – the Rams are all in, and I have real concerns, and here's why. I think greatness is about making others around you better, and the fact that Matt Stafford never won one playoff game in Detroit, when you have one of the best receivers of all time in Calvin Johnson, that was always a big concern of mine. And the last couple of weeks, guys, he made consequential turnovers. And when he stood toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers, and if I'm Stan Kroenke, Sean McVay, Les Snead, this is the moment I brought Matt Stafford in. And in those moments, he has not shown up. And I don't think giving up a 2-3 and a three for Von Miller for nine games made a lot of sense to me. And sometimes you acquire a player for what they were, not what they're going to be. And right now, I trust Arizona way more. I trust Green Bay way more. Tampa. Now you're maybe the fourth or fifth seed with Dallas. So I think there's a ton of pressure on the Rams, not only short-term, but now long-term. Do you feel like you have buyer's remorse for the Matthew Stafford deal? I, I, I certainly do, just because the standpoint of I wouldn't have given up two first-round picks. And now I, I'm not a big believer in Jared Goff, but you did go to a Super Bowl with him, and I just I'm not convinced that Matt Stafford was worth all that. So, People think I'm crazy. Right, they think I'm crazy because when the deal was done, based on what they gave up, I said to everybody, and and I told my producer uh, Evan, I said Evan, he's no different than Derek Carr in Oakland. It's the same guy. Evan goes, "Ah, oh, you're crazy. You're dumb. You don't give good." We both know a lot of football. I'm like, okay, whatever. They pull up the numbers. The numbers are identical throughout their career. Yep. Year for year, match yep. for match. And I'm sitting there saying to myself. You could have went to John Gruden, who apparently didn't really love Derek Carr, and you could have said to him, I tell you what, man, I got a 2 and a 3 for you. Let me get Carr. 
and you could have saved yourself a whole lot of picks. It's the same situation. I, it's I, the same situation. I just feel like it's really early, guys, to say that you have buyer's remorse no, already. No, like, not, I, not that you, you will have buyer's remorse if they don't close the deal, Jay. Yeah. You bought... This oh, to be great, I hear you. not good. Good is not. Jared Goff was good, I, but but Key, hey, I mean, it, it hey, is. And Jay, we well, are I'm in not, the first year. Yeah, no, Mike, but, but this, that's not. But what you I, I, I'm not second guessing. I was first guessing. I just don't think for somebody that's played for in this league for that long had not accomplished zero in the off season to give up two first round picks when he's already starting to break down physically. Well, here's the thing, too. He, 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 by the way, he, he is third in passing yards and second in TD touches. Well, yeah, when you're behind TD all the time, you're going to be third in yards. Uh, I, I mean, I, but wait, don't you get feel like the last three games, I know that He's been an MVP him. contention for a lot of this That's season. That's what I'm saying. But, but by it's the, like the last three way, games, all of a sudden, everybody's jumping off the ship and they're way off him the now. Lincoln, I was never on the ship. The Lincoln-Riley okay, question, like going to USC, like the natural order of things in L.A., the Lakers are number one by a billion miles, right? Then number two is between is that SC when they're of- good and the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers and USC when the USC is good are number two. The Rams are not one or two. No, in that, LA, no, 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 they're not close to one. Or right two. in LA, if you're not good, it's not like on the East Coast, New York, Philly. They you're still hot because they hate. They call talk radio and they hate on you. In LA, they'll find something else to do. Let, they will ignore you. It's important for the Rams to close the deal now. It's now. Not, they, got, they got to get it done now. But here's what I would tell you. As because a, of this move. As an LA USC. guy, I've been listening to Max tell me about LA. That's right. The I'm La- the mayor La- of LA. Lakers are number one by a mile. Then the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Then USC, when they're good, what I just can flip flop with the Dodgers. Then <laughs> the Raiders yep. slide in there. Still. Still. The Rams are around, hovering around, depending on when what, they're good. Depending on what UCLA basketball is doing, that's kind of where the Clippers. Where it is. Clippers are just on <laughs> the map somewhere. Are the Clippers in LA? Number. The Clippers yeah, are like, for transplants. Yeah, the Clippers they're not, are for transplants who can't bring themselves to root no. for the and Lakers. So what happens in this situation? Why the pressure is on the Rams, though? In all honesty, Mike is because there's a couple things that happen. The Rams came to Los Angeles when the Trojans were somewhat down. Yeah, USC was. They had gone to a Cotton Bowl or something, but not like we'd like to stick our chests out. We were down. Also, the Rams got a new, brand-new stadium, and a lot of promise was happening. Then they went out and made this big, splashy moves with Jared Goff, moving him and getting in Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, the hot coach. Everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to. Don't worry about us. SC's completely in the dumps. We go out and still a coach that everybody thinks is the, the greatest offensive Mind that ever was created in college football. That pressure now shifts back to the Rams because we feel that SC two years from now will be in a national championship hunt. Will the Rams have a Super Bowl by the end? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think in the next two seasons the Rams will have a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the NFC is too tough right now. I guess to put a ribbon on the conversation, Max, what happens hmm. if, if Lincoln Riley recruits a running back? Is that okay? Yes, you can recruit a running back. Perfect. In his physical prime, you have him for a couple of years and then <clears throat> see you later and you don't have to pay him. All right. Uh, and it's, well, tough to be, it's tough to be in L.A. right now and not winning. Why, why are the Raiders so popular and they've been gone for so long? Well, one of the reasons the Raiders are so popular in L.A., much like the Cowboys, is there is a huge Hispanic fan base and they follow the Raiders like crazy. Not only that, the Raiders were in L.A., in, like, south-central L.A., which is, like, 
you know, that's Raider Raider football. Uniforms look cool. You know, everything looks cool. Yeah. Black, uh, NWA back in the day, wore the, wore the Raider gear, Ice Cube, big fan. They were so renegade team. Renegade yeah. team, the whole deal. And they moved to Oakland and Al Davis. I mean, Al Davis is L.A., even though he's Brooklyn. You know, it's like right, right, right. L.A. guy. And so that now they go to Vegas, a hop, skip, and a jump, 45-minute flight, maybe 30-minute, depending on if your G550 is moving fast like Max's, you can get there in 30 minutes. All of that connection and synergy makes them like the fourth. Third or fourth. Yeah, it depends depending on, on how they do it. <coughs> Key center, like, depend, if UCLA basketball is hot <coughs> – but the and the Rams have to be hot. Lakers be hot. and the Dodgers are always going to yeah, be there. Go, Lakers yeah. one, yeah. Dodgers two. But the Dodgers can be if USC is hot, they can match the Dodgers. And one of the problems that the Rams USC have, football. One of the problems that the Rams kind of have is they they share the USC fan base. They kind of share it. You know what I'm saying? Like people support the Rams, also support USC. Right. And so. Today is Giving Tuesday, and tomorrow begins V-Week at ESPN. If you are able to join us today in supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research, you can give by going to v.org slash donate now. We know things continue to be tough for many people. I'm not, you know, no pressure, but if you are able and so inclined, please join us by going to v.org slash donate now. Um, USC ain't the only college program making a big splash in the coaching market. We'll get to that next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max was presented by Progressive Insurance. They'll be reminiscing over Brian Kelly in Notre Dame, I guess. If you're... Pet passengers injured in a car accident get help paying for vet expenses. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. 
Get a quote at progressive.com. Get it? Because Pete Rock and CL Smooth reminisce. Anyone? No one? All right. So a lot of college football news. So what did we do? We went out and got the, the biggest gun there is talking college football. Paul Feinbaum, the Paul Ollie. Feinbaum show. Paul, let's start right in. Thoughts on LSU hiring Brian Kelly? This just in, uh, I think it's a fantastic hire, Max. And, and I know I understand the quibbling about it. Uh, is he the right fit? Well, let me let's go back for a second. Nick Saban was not a great fit. He, he came from the Midwest uh, and he fit in quite well. He won a national championship in, in three years, in two years, actually, and uh, nearly won another one. And he set that program up for one after he left. Les Miles, uh, a Michigan man, comes in, does the same thing. So then they finally get the perfect fit, uh, the guy from the Bayou, uh, Ed Ogeron, and he won the title, but he didn't last two years uh, to the day that, that he won it because he couldn't navigate the waters of, of big-time college football. Brian Kelly can. He's been at, at Notre Dame, which is one of the toughest jobs, if not the toughest, in the, in the country. Uh, he, he had, uh, he's had ups and downs. He played for the championship in 12. The program spiraled out of control, and then he rebuilt his staff quite uh, expertly and, and is now uh, on the precipice of, of, of at least a shot at the playoffs after being last year. So I, I don't have any doubt he can, he can maneuver the waters of Louisiana. He's already faced uh, most of the, the big guns in the SEC, and I think it's, a, it's, it's a, an extraordinary hire. Paul, when you look at Brian Kelly's tenure at Notre Dame, he certainly, like you said, have gone to the championship. He's gone to the Final Four a couple of times. Can he accomplish something, though, at LSU that he was not able to get at Notre Dame, which is win a national title? Because you know they're not going to wait 10 years like Notre Dame. They're going to want it now. (laughs) Well, Keyshawn, I think that's obviously why he went. I mean, I don't know what he'll say when he meets the media. Probably the same thing every other coach says. Uh, wow, I can't believe this. This is surreal. I never <laughs> dreamed of being here. But it, <laughs> I don't know. I, I must. Have, I'm sorry. I'm plagiarizing from Lincoln Riley's press conference <laughs> yesterday. Uh, the, but the bottom line is, he went there to win a national championship. He doesn't. He didn't need it. He doesn't need to get to the playoff again. He's been three times. Uh, he's been to the, the title game. He thinks he can win uh, at LSU, and, and I do too, uh, because he can recruit better. Uh, Louisiana is a, is a hotbed of, of recruiting. You need to expand the footprint, obviously, but, but that's already been done. And I, I wonder, and I'm sure he, he, will want, he has wondered the same thing, can you do that at Notre Dame? Notre Dame reminds me a little bit of Oklahoma. We have similar situations. Lincoln Riley could get to the playoffs, but could he ever win? Could he get enough defensive players that uh, would keep him in games with Georgia or LSU or Alabama and, and schools like that? And, and ultimately, I think he, fe- he felt that you can do that at LSU because the, the blueprint has already been written. Paul, curiosity strikes to mind here, and I, I'm not comparing lifestyles of NFL coaches compared to college coaches. But when you think about the money to be earned from a coaching perspective and looking at the money that's been shelled out over the last several years, when you think about Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban, and what's happened over the last couple of days, I mean, is there more upside for guys to coaching college because of the autonomy and the big-time money that's being thrown around right now? I, I think so because, well, 
I was about to say that the uh, the college athletic directors, Keish, uh, Keyshawn and Jay Will, are, are more naive than, than the billionaire owners of NFL clubs, but we know that's ridiculous after some of the idiotic moves that uh, some of these billionaires have made, uh, and you don't have to look too far uh, to, to find out what I'm talking about, but but the, there is an arms race going on in college, and, and it, it's gone to, you know, from DEFCON 3 to DEFCON 1, where it just doesn't matter. Get me my guy, uh, offer $100 million, offer the, the private plane for the family, buy the house in Beverly Hills or uh, on no, the bayou. To, it just, the that's beach. just where we are right now. He's going, yeah, and, and, and one thing that's different in, the, in college football, though, guys, you're spending someone else's money where an NFL owner is spending his own money. These athletic directors, uh, I mean, they're, they're just out on a weekend drunk, uh, you know, blowing money like the, like, the, like the casino is giving them free chips. Hey, Paul, I noticed a correlation here between NIL and transfer portals and all like this new stuff and this explosion in salary. Is there any underlying causal connection there, do you think, or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting the other day, Max, you know, Nick Saban went on that famous rant and he said, these are college kids. Uh, they're not professional. Well, guess, guess what? They are. They are professional. Uh, they, they are, they're all making money in some way, shape or form. And, and I think the coaches, uh, you know, you have, you have a handful of agents out there, Max, who are, who have masterminded the entire system and they, they play one school against the other. They absolutely, you know, I was about to say they use the media they don't use the media. They abuse the media, and we're all gullible like, like, like little uh, puppies uh, waiting for our, our next chicken bone. And, and, then, and so we throw this information out there. It's disseminated. And, you know, one school says, oh, oops, I, I better go grab this guy. And, uh, you know, is 80 million enough? No. How about 100 million? And, and you know, Brian Kelly, uh, you know, the, the report was that he, uh, he was initially offered the job uh, at LSU. He didn't take it. Uh, clearly LSU uh, wanted uh, a number of other coaches before Brian Kelly. They started at Jimbo Fisher. They went to Mel Tucker. Last week they were uh, talking, uh, according to reports, to Lincoln Riley, and he's sitting up there going, I'm in South Bend, Indiana. Um, I'm outside the playoff uh, number this year. I may get in it next year. I, I can I can double my not maybe not quite double, but go from six you know a paltry six million in Indiana to ten million in Baton Rouge, and, and probably uh, have a good shot at the playoffs. And you know he's he's one of those few guys that's not really concerned about Nick Saban. Uh, he he he's 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 not on Saban's level, but he's not far behind. Brian Kelly. What's interesting about this coaching carousel? Is, is if you do a, if you did a ranking before the season, who are the top five coaches in the country? You very likely would have had Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley in that top five. That's how dramatic the last forty eight hours have been in college football. Paul, who should Notre Dame go out and hire now? Now there's a vacant spot, and they're sitting in the sixth seed. They got a chance, a slight chance of making the college football playoffs right. with a lot of stuff happening. Who should they go out and hire? Well, I think the name that will come to mind is Luke Fickle, uh, because you know, he's a guy from the from the Midwest, uh, and and he fits quite well. Uh, it's worth noting that Brian Kelly was at Cincinnati and uh, went to Notre Dame, so yeah, and he and he knows the terrain. The question I think for Fickle now is he's about to be in the playoffs. Are you going to give that up uh, to make this move? I, I don't know. You know, maybe Notre Dame says, okay, uh, you can you can coach in the CFP 
and come here. Most schools probably wouldn't do that. You, you do that with assistants. So I think he's the most intriguing name. Matt Campbell's name always comes up. Marcus Freeman, who's on the staff, is very popular among the players. Uh, I do trust Jack Swarbrick, who I think uh, is at the top shelf of athletic directors to make a very good move. Uh, yeah, was he caught uh, by surprise yesterday? Of course he was. Uh, but but I, would, I would think by, by now he's had a good night's sleep and a cup of coffee, and he's probably watching this show to see who he should hire. Hey, Paul, so we talked, you mentioned Luke Fickle in, in the playoff hunt, right? What do you think will happen with Brian Kelly if they stumble up and they're in the football playoff? You think he'll still coach the team or will he just say, you know what, I'm, I'm on the LSU and recruiting? Well, that, that, that's, that, I, I don't think he would coach uh, because you know, right now uh, the next two weeks are – 24-7 recruiting. Uh, every every coach who's not does not have a game this week is out there recruiting, as he was yesterday for Notre Dame. That shows you what a what a great system we have here. He's in players' homes saying, "Please come to Notre Dame," uh, while he's taking the phone call from his agent going, "Oh yeah, I, I, I'll take ten million dollars." Excuse me a Paul, second, don't folks. Worry, just call that down play, my, uh, just call that player back and say, "Please come to LSU." Same thing. Still well, selling the same uh, thing, Paul. We saw Lincoln Riley do that yesterday. Uh, that's how it always works. Um, but but I, I, unless LSU, yeah, I mean, LSU could possibly say if you want a coach in the playoffs, but I would think they would need him down there right now putting a staff together. And, and But, you know, the playoffs are not till New Year's Eve, so uh, it, it, you, could, you could work it out, although it would be extraordinary. Yeah, mm. what, what, mm. what Brian mm. Kelly's selling to the players is forget about just recruiting. I can coach. He's obviously confident in his coaching skills. That is Paul Feinbaum, ladies and gentlemen, on the Goodyear Hotline. Thank you, Paul, as always. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, guys. G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers and your podcast and wherever there's communication in the known universe. Um, Jeff Passan, ESPN Senior Major League Baseball Insider, joins us now. What's going on, Jeff? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? 
Good morning. It is a good morning, especially a good morning for Mets fans and Max Scherzer. Capped off a busy offseason uh, for the Mets. How did this deal get done for Max Scherzer? Three years, highest average annual salary by far ever, $43.33 million. How'd the move? How'd the deal get done? Uh, the money. You know, Max Scherzer's a guy who, in his career, has bumped up that uh, top-line salary at his position before. And he wanted to do that one more time, especially with the specter of a lockout going on. And him, uh, as part of the Major League Baseball Players Association leadership, he wanted to be able to go into the room and say, hey, this is what we can do if we stick together and uh, if we get the right policies in place. And the New York Mets stepped up and willingly obliged him there. And, And... for Mets fans, this is the moment that they've been waiting for, right? You know, Francisco Lindor was step one, but this is even more indicative to me of a changing of the guard. Um, you have to understand with the Mets, they haven't won a championship in 35 years. Like, this is something that is a long time coming, and they've got enough of a core in place to have those postseason aspirations, but... If you can go into a playoff series and have Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer at the top of your rotation, uh, your World Series chances get a whole lot better, and that was the calculus here for the Mets. Yeah, you know, Jeff, I like the move. I understand that they spent the money to to take him from the Dodgers because we certainly were not going to spend that type of money. But does this put them in a position to win the World Series now? Because otherwise, it's all for nothing. Here's the thing. When we talk about being in a position to win the World Series, we have to recognize that this is the same New York Mets team that for the majority of the season was ahead of the eventual world champions in the National League East standings. I mean, the Mets were in the lead in the AL East for longer than the Atlanta Braves were. And so I think in baseball, uh, it's a lot easier to win a championship with, I don't know, uh, not quite as good team maybe is the best one. And so while the Mets do have flaws still, uh, they're flaws that can be papered over in free agency. And uh, while it's not going to happen over the next 24 hours, I don't think, uh, the, the might of their money is going to be best seen to me when any potential lockout ends and they can get those depth guys to complement the guys they have in place already. Jeff Passan, ESPN senior MLB insider, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. JP, I wanted to ask you, you know, after the Rangers agreed on that 10-year, $325 million contract with shortstop Corey Seager, uh, does this raise the market for a guy like Carlos Correa? And, and where is he, you think, in the big scheme of finding out who's going to be the next team he plays on? Well, it, it certainly set the market for Carlos Correa because uh, he's right around the same age as Corey Seager. He's actually been more productive throughout his career. He's seen, uh, I think, in the industry is probably the higher ceiling guy. So for Seager to go out and get 325, that, that is a big, big number. And uh, it's one I think Carlos Correa is going to be striving for. The question is, who's going to give it to him at this point? Um, is it going to be the Yankees? Doesn't seem to be right now, though that can change. Is it going to be the Dodgers? I doubt it. Is it going to be the Red Sox? Probably not. Uh, would it be the Astros again? Could he go back there? Potentially. Um, uh, Correa is the most fascinating guy in free agency right now. And 
the fact that the the specter of this lockout coming uh, potentially puts a pause on that and sets us up for another frenzy like there's been this past week. Uh, it, it's been a very interesting off season in Major League Baseball, and uh, I'm I'm just hopeful that a work stoppage doesn't uh, doesn't sully that any. One of the things I like that that the um, Mets just did with Scherzer, um, Jeff, is overpaying on a shorter deal. The Yankees have not been willing to I, – I think it's really – I understand the luxury tax and the repeater effect and, and all that stuff you know, puts a chill on what the top-end teams like the Yankees will spend because they don't want to pay that repeater tax and all that. It gets worse and worse. But I like the idea that they're not committing to eight-year contracts and stuff like that that don't work out so much of the time. What is their strategy, though? Do you know? Well, we have to remember Max Scherzer is old. That's why he's getting the short-term deal. He's 37. He's going to be 37, 38, and 39-year-old seasons. That last year, he's going to turn 40 in July. So uh, there, there weren't going to be those long-term dollars there. But, I mean, to get 43 at any age is crazy to get 43 at 37 years old is pretty staggering. And if there's one thing that uh, gives me pause about what the Mets have done, it's the fact that the opening day ages of the four free agents they've signed in Scherzer, Mark Canna, Starling Marte, and Eduardo Escobar are going to be 37, 33, 33, and 33, respectively. The Mets have gotten a lot older over the last few days. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen over the last few years, especially, that teams are very reticent to commit long-term dollars to guys who are in their 30s. Uh, the Mets have committed over the past week or so a quarter billion dollars to guys who are well into their 30s. Yep, no question his age played into it, but they overpaid per annum to land him, and that may be a strategy that yep. teams take notice of, better to overpay uh, yeah, and, in the short and, term. Well, and, we only have 30 saw, seconds, no, no, Jeff. That's a, that's, yep. No, totally fair point, and we saw that with, with Trevor Bauer last year as well. You know, He went yep. out and got $102 million over three years from the Dodgers. Yep. And while that contract has turned out very poorly, um, I, I think – Premium free agents are always, always going to go for the years if they can get them. Of course. Thank you, Jeff Passan. As always, Key Say With Me, addition by subtraction for one NFL team. That's next, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.